What is up, guys? Uh, welcome to another episode of Unemployed Commentators. I am one of your hosts, Gary Miller, and uh, I am joined with my co-host, John Carlo. Hello, hello, hello. How you guys doing? Um, this episode, we have been hyping up the Israel Adesanya and Paulo Costa fight, and I feel like it lived up to expectations. For fucking real, dude. I think we talked about this fight for two episodes already, mm-hmm. and it was worth every fucking episode. So we're gonna release another fucking episode <laughs> about the trilogy. This, the the trilogy, trilogy about and, this fight. And we're also going to talk about some massive college football upsets this weekend. And we're possibly looking at another upset field season. This is uh very similar if you're a college football fan. To the year 2007, we saw some massive, massive upsets. Um, if you're a sports better on college football this year, it is there is no locks, absolutely no locks whatsoever. Fucking moolah, bro. Yep. We moolah. we we saw this weekend in, in college football. Kansas State, Kansas State beat Oklahoma, which was ranked third in the country. Kansas State was unranked. Kansas State lost last week to a mid-major school from the Sun Belt, Arkansas State, where they're ranked. Oklahoma's third in the country goes down. They were up 28 nothing. Damn. Yeah. Isn't your brother in one of those teams or not? No, no, my brother. He's NAIA Kansas Wesleyan, and they are sixth in the country, I believe, in NAIA. The last Damn. team they beat – their rival was like 59 to 34 and then the game before that 70 to 17. So I'm giving you a heads up guys. I have never been to college and I don't watch college football. So I'm going to ask these dumb questions. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> so, so a bunch of different divisions. So in college football, where I'm talking about the big upsets in FBS, the football bowl subdivision, which otherwise was known for many years as D one. You have uh, the FCS also, but they uh, don't compete the same division and they have playoffs so they like football division bowls. two division two is division two okay okay my bad division, my bad then you have then you have division three and then you have separate from that naia but you also have juco's as well college football is big big time for for anybody uninitiated Damn. Um, is it is it good the same talent wise as the nfl absolutely not but there is so much chaos and so much passion. In That's what makes it exciting. Yeah, it's That's exciting as hell. So a lot of upsets. Um, I think one of the most, the craziest game I think I saw was the Texas Tech versus uh, Texas game. With three oh, minutes right. and fifty-three seconds left. Texas Tech was up fifty-six forty-one. Damn. And then Texas won, right? Sixty-three. Texas beat them at overtime. Yep. Yep. I'm looking at the scores right now. Holy yep. shit. That's insane. Yep. That must have been a really exciting game to watch. Yeah, dude. It, and then this Mississippi State goes into returning national champion LSU's home field. Their quarterback puts up 623 yards through the air. <laughs> they Damn. beat LSU. I don't even think you really need to know anything about sports, really, but you hear 623 yards? Yeah, dude. You fucking kidding me? That's a lot of barbecues. <laughs> <laughs> Perdona me, no, right? I'm English. That's that's eighteen, uh, eighteen hundred sixty-nine feet. That's what Damn, that is. bro. That's a lot of feet. Yep, dude, that's so much feet. So much. That, feet. that should be on OnlyFans. How that's many how many. Feet? That's how many feet you did. Yeah. You had a 
on only fetish, fans. that's 623 yards. Bro, that's like 5K a year yep. through OnlyFans. Yep. Damn, bro, that's a nice side hustle. Right? <laughs> Maybe LSU 44-34. God damn, bro. And then I saw that the Seminoles beat uh, Miami. Right? No, Miami beat FSU. No, yeah, Miami beat FSU. Miami, damn. And they, they fucking beat, uh, slaughtered Louisville, them. Louisville last week. Damn, they slaughtered yeah. them. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then what else? I see Tennessee won. And Virginia Tech was playing? Yep. Uh, let me double check. Uh, 45 this, to 24. This is what gets so tough about college football, too. There are so many fucking teams. Yeah, dude. There's like, it's so hard to catch up. It's even hard to get into it, like, yeah. as a starter. That's, would, and a lot of people, they just pick a conference or uh, just one team. Okay. I guess my team's the Army. That the baby. Knights. That baby. Go Army. <laughs> Go Army. <laughs> even though they lost to Cincinnati. Yeah, they. I don't think they've won a national title since the 40s. Damn, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going for Miami. <laughs> I'm not a loser, bro. I'm going for the winners. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, betting. Oh, man. College football betting right now. I mean, there's tough. Like, even I think somebody last week against the Citadel. So Clemson, number one team in the country, open up as um, for the spread was 50.5 points for the spread. That would have made the money, right? So they're up at halftime, 49 nothing against the Citadel. Goddamn. On the spread. Jesus. Game ends, 49 nothing. Don't make the spread. Damn. Betting on college football this year. I I I honestly am like don't do it. Yeah, bro. It's even like with MMA betting with MMA is even easier than betting on college football from what I see. Hundred percent. Because like you just got fifty fifty chance. Hundred percent. Because here and here's where it gets to like when you talk about talent level back to two thousand seven. Yeah. Michigan opened up. They started number five in the country. University of Michigan. They play Appalachian State. And Appalachian State's no joke for FCS. They were back-to-back national champions but it's fcs mm-hmm. different different telephone they beat michigan wow next week florida state ranked lost to clemson this is pre Dabo sweeney clemson but after that next week all ranked opponents lose georgia loses south carolina auburn loses to south florida boise state loses washington and you just continued the whole damn season to where you had West Virginia getting out there too, uh, to a point where like West Virginia was number five, and they lose to South Florida. Damn, bro! I'm watching that Terrace Marshall catches a <laughs> uh, 33 yard touchdown. Right? It, it That's was insane. insane. Fucking crazy this weekend, right? And wow. like this year has the potential to be insane. Like in, in, in 2007, like you get towards the end of the year, number two, Oregon even lost to unranked Arizona. Damn, bro. That's insane. And at the end of the year, number one, Missouri lost to Oklahoma. And number two, Virginia, they lost to Pittsburgh in 07. All had, both had chances to go to the national title game for the first time. Wow. Who actually like won the championship that year? That year, LSU, which again, 
they were number two to Ohio State's number one. Total number of upsets from uh, 2007, 73 upsets. Wow. The number of upsets by unranked teams, 55. Then number of upsets of top 10 teams by unranked teams, 21. It's insane. <sighs> and this, this, yeah, this year, it's like, I don't even, with like the coronavirus, because you have to think about this too, man. It's like your team gets coronavirus. You can't practice for two weeks with each other. Oh my God. Yeah, that's true. That That's where yeah. the upsets will come in. Same, like yeah. I think in most sports too, though. Yeah. It's, it's going to be fucking insane this year. It's been a really good yeah. sports year. Yeah. Actually, it's so, been more entertaining. Definitely. And it's, it's a point where I think like preconceived notions of uh, where you think oh, who's a lock too, man. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. It's, I mean, like uh, right now with MMA is like the most exciting fights right now because mm-hmm. they, they don't get nervous in front of the crowds. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, let's segue back into MMA right now, dude. Yeah. Um, like, let's talk about that, that card. Oh, yeah, dude. Let me actually pull that card up so I can just talk about it quickly. UFC 253. So, holy cannoli. Every fight, I think, well, I think out of two fights in that card, most of them have been pretty exciting. Okay. So, you got the first fight was the, actually, the early prelims I started watching. So the first fight was Danila Marquez against uh, Cadiz Ibragimov. Ibragimov? Uh, that fight was Danila Marquez was kind of dominating Ibragimov with his grappling and his jiu-jitsu. Uh, he won through a decision. But uh, a newcomer named Juan Espino from Spain, bro, he had this old-school judo going on. He actually got him with like this neck crank from side control, like a judo side control and tapped him out in the first round with three minutes and 48 seconds into the round. Damn. Yeah. That was really, I think he's going to be a huge uh, threat to the heavyweight division for sure. He's only 11 and one right now. Then you got William Knight who just came out of the Dana White contender series show from Tuesday. He beat Alexa Kamer. Alexa Kamer actually was undefeated during that fight. Uh, William Knight was dominating him, earning the decision victory. <clears throat> and then you have Ludovic Klain versus Shane Young. I think Ludovic Klain actually missed weight for this fight. Uh, this was a flat, uh, featherweight fight at 145. Mm. Um, Ludovic Klain actually got him, I think, with a uppercut after a head kick, if I'm not mistaken, oh, in the first round. Ludovic Klein missed weight? Yeah, I think Ludovic Klein missed weight. Was, and I think that's what I guess necessarily that's what Israel was talking about at the end of the fight where people were like, what the fuck is he talking about? He's talking about losing purse based on missed weight. Yeah, because two fighters missed weight yesterday. I, I mean, two days ago. I 100% agree with him. I was like, yeah, 90%, dude. That's your job. I know. He talks about it more. He talks about how a lot of these fighters are actually they're trust fund babies. So mm-hmm. like them losing, I think like 30% of their purse is nothing to them just mm-hmm. as long as they – but if they lose 90% of their purse – Mm-hmm. they're going to make weight yeah. because nobody fights for free. Yeah. And that's what's fucking crazy to me. Mm-hmm. So it, at um, that point I was just like, yep, I agree. Yeah. I, I have mean, never I, missed weight. He does say this about like a lot of trust fund fighters, but the top tier dudes, like they came from some fucking dirt, dude. They do, but they're already, yeah. uh, they already made it. So they don't really no. care if they lose some of their purse, no. especially it, if they can win a, a fight without getting tired. Yeah. And like, it's bullshit. Cause I'm an average Joe, and I never missed weight. 
That's and it's not my profession, you yeah. know? It's just, that's dishonorable. But yeah, it go on, sir. Yeah, sorry no, about that. no, you're good. <laughs> then you have um, Jake Matthews, who won against Diego Sanchez. Actually, I'm really surprised that Jake Matthews didn't finish that fight. Um, he he did dominate for the first three, like for the all, every round, actually. Diego Sanchez, in my opinion. And he is one of my favorite fighters growing up, for sure. And I have... I have everything but respect. I joke around about it, but I have everything but respect for the fighter, and I hate seeing him take damage. Um, I got a question for you. I think just watching that fight, because I think it's become a little bit of a joke. Yeah. Um, I, to me, he didn't look like he was prepared. <laughs> Are you talking about his physique? His physique. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I got to be honest with you. I was yeah. like, that's a, yeah. I mean, dude, it was like seeing Roy Nelson again in some ways. Yeah. No, I mean, it's... I, yeah. So, okay. So, remember when Diego Sanchez won the Ultimate Fighter of yeah. the first season, the original Ultimate Fighter? He yeah. was fighting at 185. You remember his physique at that time? Yeah. He... Nowhere near as close as he is now. Like, he is... You can tell he didn't have an actual training camp. That's what, that's what I'm kind of thinking. I mean, he yeah. just doesn't... The, it's when you see so many like it's i don't know at least like to me there were certain fires the past couple of nights like i think Cerrone too mm-hmm. where i mean i know you love fucking doing this dude but times as an athlete somebody's gotta have your fucking best interest and be like hey hang this shit up dude i know same with chuck liddell yeah the way dana did it and it's yeah. just it's heartbreaking to see diego keep doing this and seeing like where his mind is at, how he's being taken advantage of. He just got through a divorce and mm-hmm. like, I don't know his personal life, but from what I'm seeing, I see like someone's taking advantage of him mm-hmm. and you know, they're in Albuquerque. So if they want to talk, I'll be more than welcome to have them be on the show for sure. I don't, I don't even think they're going to be listening to this. But, <laughs> like, <laughs> but, that would say a lot. If you're like motherfucker, I heard this on unemployed commentators. Yeah. I'm and like, I just be like, dude, I don't even fucking fight, but I just, like from an outsider's perspective, like it'd be like watching me getting in the ring, dude. Yeah, I, I have enough sense to know that it's not going to fucking happen. Bro, his physique makes Ben <laughs> Askren looks like a fucking bodybuilder. Bro. I look like shit compared to a professional athlete right now, dude. I'm <laughs> yeah. letting you all know. Like I have no like <laughs> preconceived like fucking illusions. I have no illusions of grandeur. And I think there's just some times where it's like, hey, I had a comment like, hey, are you really all in in some ways? Yeah, dude, like, I myself, like, I, I love drinking beer, and I like eating mm-hmm. shit, and, like, I train five days a week, and it's, even I'm, like, I, I'm in dad bod gang, you know, like, I, <laughs> I'm part of the dad bod gang, I'm not ashamed, yeah. but I see, a, like, a professional athlete, this is what you're dedicating to, this is your I, profession. That's, that's the only thing, it's just, like, all right, I just gotta say, it just as, like, when you're in the end of your career, still holding on, and it's more just, like, you knew whatever the fuck you want as an athlete, but there's just clearly like, man, you don't look the same. No, he doesn't. I just he, gotta say. It's not Diego Sanchez that we know. Mm-hmm. It's not that he got dominated on the ground. Dude, it's Diego Sanchez. He was known as one of the most fiercest grapplers in the UFC. Yeah. He's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And to see that, it was kind of heartbreaking, especially yeah. as a fan. But I've been watching him since I was like a <laughs> 10-year-old, I think. It's tough. It's tough caring. I mean, even yeah. though just as a fan, caring about. Yeah, it's the same thing with Donald Cerrone. I know how much damage he gets. He's still mm. a really dope ass fighter. 
Dude, 100%. Just, there's like, just, fuck, dude. I think what is he, that was one no contest, but it was like five straight losses, right? Yeah, he lost like five straight. Mm-hmm. He lost two. And there were fucking knockouts like Tony Ferguson, Gagey, and McGregor. Three in yeah. a row, dude. I'm that was like, nasty. And I think at that point, and I honestly was like, hey, I was so fucking amazed. I'm like, dude, what a fucking warrior. That guy's like, I'm going to take these fights to Twilight Man career just to say I did it too. For real. And he's yeah. he's a he's a beast, dude. Yeah. He's a huge beast. Um and then after that fight, because I don't want to talk more about Diego Sanchez because he might knock on my door. <laughs> I'm real, still in Albuquerque. Fucking nightmare, dude. <laughs> yeah, for real. Shit, I mean, I got fucking people here and kick my ass too. So yeah, for real. So uh, after that was the Brad uh, Riddell versus Alex da Silva Coelho. Uh, Alex da Silva, I think he's only 22 years old. I still think he has a he- long career ahead of him. He looked really good, even though he lost by decision. But he was a killer, man. But that was just another win for the Australian. I th- no, the team from New Zealand, uh, City Kickboxing. Have you heard a lot about that training mm-hmm. camp? No, I'm going to send you videos us. about that. Tell City us kick- about it. Tell our so audience. So, so City Kickboxing is where Israel Adesanya is at, Alex Volkanovsky. And in this card, they had Kai Kara France. They have uh, uh, Riddell in it too um who else there's there's they're a super team right now i think they're like probably getting up there as the best teams out there in mma um they're very kickboxing heavy but they know how to kickbox inside mma their wrestling defense is crazy and i love their team culture they're very united as a team okay um but they new zealand sports culture is very fun to me yeah, because they're like huge on rugby too, right? Yeah, like from and from what I've heard from rugby from people who've played with them too is like they'll have like one ball for the national team. Really? Yeah, like one fucking ball and they just go out and play. <laughs> Not super expensive shit, it's just something you do as a community. That's so cool. And I just firmly, I'm like, dude, man, the Zealand sports culture, I'm like, just it just seems so fucking cool. Yeah. That, it, so that, make, that makes sense hearing that. Mm-hmm. They're very united as a team. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we go on to the main card. You have Hakeem Dawodu fighting, 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 fighting Zubaira Tokugov. See, this is why I mess up on words, bro. Because the names like these, okay? Like Zubaira I feel like Tukugav. if I read if I read Tukugav. both of these names one Hakeem after the Dawodu? other, I, f- I feel like I'm gonna like cast a spell as soon as I read both of these names at once. You're like the substitute teacher who's like, Hi, I'm sorry I'm going to butcher your names, but it's Hakeem uh, <laughs> yeah. Dawodu. Bro, don't, don't be surprised if I explode after saying this. Hakeem Dawodu Zubaira Tukagov. And then we have Ketlin Vera. So Hakeem Dawodu. Brandon Royval, and he's like, it's Roy Val. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, Zubaira Tukagov was the other fighter that missed weight. He was weighing in at, I think, 150 on a 145 fight. Mm. fight. So, uh, that's good thing. huge. That is huge, bro. That's five pounds. How dude. the fuck do you do that? And the thing is, is that uh, Adesanya was talking about him saying that he saw him just eating blueberries like 90 minutes before weighing in. That's like, bullshit. It is bullshit. It's really like that's really shitty. But a uh, good thing that Hakeem uh, won that fight. From Checha. 
Yeah. Chechen. So oh, dude, the fucking Chechen government's probably funding all that bullshit. Bro, uh, Khabib was in his corner. Really? Mm-hmm. Cocksuckers. <laughs> Cocksuckers. Are you saying that because Justin Gaethje's your boy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And after that fight was the Ketlin Vieira fight versus Ciara Eubanks. And Caitlin Vieira actually dominated that fight. Sahara Eubanks, uh, who is a IBJJF champion. But to tell you the truth, man, when it comes to IBJJF, I feel like they're the the gluten free version of jujitsu. They you don't. Know, <laughs> I you know what I love even more the fact that he wait, missed weight. What he lost? Yeah, I love when people <laughs> who miss weight lose because it's cheating. Yeah, I'm like you you're a cheater, shit, dude. You try to cheat and you can't cheat. You can't cheat, I bro. I'm I honestly like I, I firmly believe in like that ball don't lie ideology. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's the opinion, like ball don't lie, dude. Like you pulled so much bullshit. You yeah. still lost, dude. Ball it's, don't lie. It, it's the same thing with MMA and jujitsu or wrestling, bro. You can't bullshit mm-hmm. the art. It's gonna show who you really are. There you go. Then uh, a Colorado boy, bro, Brandon Roy Val, beat Kaikara France, by the way, nice. with a guillotine choke. Check where he's from. He, uh, I think, is Inglewood. Inglewood. Yeah, bro. He's actually a, a black belt under uh, busy Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Very nice. And it won fight of the night. Very nice. Very nice. Out of yeah, Littleton, Colorado. Yeah. He Where's... fucking killed it, bro. 125 guy too. Born in Denver, fighting out of Littleton. Very cool. It's 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 your boy, bro. He uh, he was really impressive. Uh, from what I read too, mm-hmm. I wonder who said this. I think it was either Michael Bisping or Ben Askren. Is that if he learns more defense in his fighting, he will be mm-hmm. an unstoppable force in the flyweight division. Mm, nice. Because dude, his striking was really dope, and his uh, grappling was just. He did rubber guard, bro, and he's not a temp planet guy. <laughs> and he pulled rubber guard like nothing. He it was crazy. really impressive. And for him to finish a submission on Kaikara France, who's not a he's not a bum. Kaikara France is not a bum. He fights out of the city kickboxing team too. Um and for him to like choke him out was really dope to see. Especially when he just I think this is his second fight in the UFC. Hmm. So he, he's putting his name out there. You know what's his nickname? What? Raw Dog. That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, do you know what would make me even happier? Like, I bet if he's from Littleton, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess. I'm going to guess. I don't think I'm right, but I'm going to guess he went to my high school. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, dope. You probably did. That'd be cool. Well, you'd be like, those things like, oh, yeah, we had class together. I have no fucking clue. Yeah. <laughs> and then the co-main event. The, for the light heavyweight championship that John Jones vacated was Dominic Reyes versus John Blashowitz. When Blashowitz pulled the upset of the night, in my opinion, bro, knocking out Dominic Reyes. Wow. My money was on Reyes in that fight. Wow. Yeah, like, he was very patient. He keep landing those uh, body kicks. And I knew his strategy was that he was landing those left uh, body kicks so mm-hmm. he can move. A little bit to the right. Well, actually, no. He's, I think, southpaw. He was landing those body kicks to his right side so he can, like, circle to his left and knock him out with his left. And he succeeded for sure. 
because, dude, the mark on his ribs hurt me. <laughs> Jesus. It was so bruised up. It was disgusting. And then the main event, bro, Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa. The hype? Okay. The hype? It was an exciting ending, but Israel Adesanya proved that he is in the league of his own, bro. I um, so I think it was one. I I thought it was going to end in the third. You you picked him up earlier. Mm-hmm. I thought I I did pick Israel to knock him out in the third. Yeah, I thought yep. it was going to be in the third round as well. Um, mm-hmm. but Israel Adesanya, he knew what was his game plan. He, but the thing is, man, there are a billion Apollo Costas when it comes to striking. Yeah. That won't want that one punch, mm-hmm. but there's not another Israel Adesanya. I think part of it, too, is just like his combos in that fight mm-hmm. were so entertaining to watch. And you're right, where like people look for that one fight. Um, and I think a lot of ways, why, why again, I'm like, I think AG's going to be, could be why I really do. I'm so biased right now, but I was like, just watching that Ferguson fight. Mm-hmm. It was just like watching. It's like somebody just pick apart, and the way Israel was fighting, he's just picking them the fuck apart. And the thing is, is that we're gonna go back to the Gaethje thing. Is that Gaethje's not the same fighter that he was three years ago? Mm-mm. He is a different fighter. He even talks about his different mentality on the Joe Rogan podcast about how. Mm-hmm whenever he feels like he is winning he gets more aggressive and then gets caught mm-hmm. and now it's that when he feels like he's winning he calms down mm-hmm. he still continues with the game plan and you can hear his uh corner going don't try to kill him yeah. like just calm down on it like don't try it's, to kill him it's it. it's the toughest thing to learn i think i i just feel like as a guy too is like we get the adrenaline and goes and we're like we gotta go 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 Mm -hmm. and it's a wrestler thing yeah and and i think in some ways it's like that what they teach is you know slow is steady and steady is fast yeah you know and that's where you gotta kind of remember because like when you're smooth man and you're precise you're you're actually getting a lot more out of it than just going boom 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 you know hitting 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 Yep. And I think, yeah, with wrestling, like, you got to learn how to wrestle smart, too. Mm-hmm. Um, control the pacing, control the mat, you know. But uh, Gaethje's wrestling style, man, he's mm-hmm. on the go, 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 go. He doesn't know when to, like, mm-hmm. he, he even says it himself that when he wrestles, he goes 100% all the time. Mm-hmm. And, like, and his legs gets tired. <laughs> that's, uh, I just, yeah, I mean, and then back to, like, Israel, dude, it was just so entertaining. Mm-hmm. To watch that level of just precision. And I hate comparing, but I he just his fighting style is kind of like an Anderson Silva 2.0. I agree. I agree. It's, I it's way better than Anderson Silva. Like, I don't see Israel Adesanya as the next Anderson Silva. I mm-hmm. see Israel Adesanya as the first Adesanya. Yeah. And, it, of course, they have their similarities when it comes to their kickboxing, but Adesanya, man, he's so advanced with his striking. He is – it's made for MMA today. It's to me. It's kind of like watching. I think John Jones when he's in his early days too, mm-hmm. where you're just seeing so much creativity too. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. They're making martial arts look like an art more lately. Yeah, you have these fighters that, and I was tweeting about this the other day is that MMA has 
evolved so much in the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then MMA, like UFC started in 1993, bro. And this is yeah. when martial arts really evolved in the past 27 years. Doesn't compare, like nothing compares to these 27 years. Well, because the, idea, the thousands. Like, the point of it is to evolve. And yeah, but then lost that along the way. Yeah, but bro, it's like before yeah. that was just thousands and thousands and thousands of years of martial arts that was before mm-hmm. 1993. And it's not even close to what it is now. Yeah. Like, I think that, like, yeah, it was progressing slowly, but, like, I feel like as soon as 1993 hit, bro, it just went, like, 200 miles per hour. Yeah. Well, 100%. I think even in, like, art imitating imitating martial arts. So we talked about the Kumite. um, You know, and, like, I think there's so much to that where it's, like, in the 80s, we're like, oh, my God, it's so tough. Like, Walker, Texas Ranger, all these things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the way action's depicted too, even with like guns and martial arts now. Um, I think I was listening to Jocko Willing too, who's kind of the both those worlds. But he's like, dude, you don't have to really make it look cooler than it is. It already is cool. Yeah. You know, and they tried to stylize it for years, and now like MMA, in some ways, I mean, I don't think it's hurt professional wrestling horribly, but it's it's made you be like oh, even more so where you're like yeah it's just theater in many ways too for sure yeah. and i think as soon as uh mma got popular that's when the wwe said no we're not pro wrestling we're sports entertainment for that re- yeah. for that reason yeah. because it's sports entertainment it's basically yeah. hey this is an opera where it shows athleticism yeah and, and i, I- uh, that's why I respect it, but pro wrestling even more. Is it's like yeah. ballet, really? Yeah, dude. Very it, athletic people. It takes uh, training of three years before you can do your first match. Yeah, it's so much work. Yeah, it's so much work. It's so much work on athleticism, knowing your body type and how well it goes with a certain style of wrestling. And then now, pro wrestling's become a hybrid. It's not like you go to the U.S. Back then, it would be territories, and mm-hmm. then you're in the U.S. You got to wrestle. Like if you're wrestling for the u.s crowd and you have to be like very charismatic very good on the mic but then Mm -hmm. you go to mexican uh, lucha libre style and you have to learn how to do flips you have to be very athletic and you have to Mm -hmm. be like it's basically that's more like aerobatics and then you go Mm -hmm. to japan where you actually have to learn how to fight fight Mm -hmm. and then do shoot style pro wrestling so -hmm. it makes it look believable that's why you have like shuto i think shuto boxing where you have ken shamrock uh, frank shamrock um what's his name he's a a pol- he's like a he's from denmark boss rutten boss rutten he's yeah. my boy dude yeah dude i'm like, like all timers dude mm-hmm. he's a fucking beast and he actually kind of like started that whole well if i can't like i know i can beat them on the feet but what happens if they take me on the ground and he actually started learning jiu-jitsu he's one of those fighters but then mm-hmm. you got frank shamrock who is like he was the first one really to go, I have a boxing coach, I have a kickboxing coach, and I have a jiu-jitsu coach. Mm. And you have that style that actually just kind of influenced Japanese wrestling. And you have Antonio uh, Onoki, who actually fought Muhammad Ali in a super fight. Did you uh, see that fight? Yeah. Dude, it's a historical fight. It's boring as fuck, but it's historical. Like that's, yeah. I think one of the first MMA fights out there, especially in a crowd like that. There, I mean, I think in Muhammad Ali at some point, there was even like 
a, a comic book cover versus him versus Superman. You know what I mean? Like, yep. like they were putting him against everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think I truly like, I think I've said this before, but I think Muhammad Ali and Bruce Lee are the first mixed martial artists. For sure. And also Bruce Lee used the footwork of Muhammad Ali into his art. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in Denver too, they had one of uh so stupid. They had an old Bronco player and Raider, Lyle Alzado, fight versus Muhammad Ali at my high stadium. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, that's insane. We have to do an episode on that. Yeah. I mean, there's so much insane shit. Like, Muhammad Ali, you could do an entire podcast about, I think. We should do, like, the history of Muhammad Ali in one. Probably could, dude. I mean, we'll do it's... the research. We'll do the research before we do that episode, <laughs> yeah. for sure. I think um, it would be cool and just put little uh, snippets of videos into that. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a reason he's an absolute cultural icon. For sure. And I actually met his uh, son-in-law. Really? Kevin Casey. Really? Who's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt under uh, Hicks and Gracie. Okay. And is, is he here to was it Tatiana Lee or am I dumb? I don't remember. I know that I talked to him about, because I was uh, announcing at the event that he was grappling at. Okay. And I met him, and of course, I was fangirling like a oh, motherfucker. Hannah Ali. Yeah, Hannah Ali. Okay. Yeah. So, dude, that guy is such a humble dude. And he told he told me like, man, it's it was such a pleasure meeting, like just talking to him before he passed away and, yeah. and all that. Very nice I mean, it's, it's a different experience too, like meeting your father in law. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I think uh, a lot of ways too, like I'm not like uh, a fighter as a father in law would probably be intimidating for a lot of people. For sure. <laughs> you know? but, but Kevin Casey's also, and I think that says a lot about Kevin Casey too about his respect and. Kevin Casey's scary too, man. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's scary, bro. He gave like his opponent the stink eye because yeah. he he accidentally slapped Kevin Casey. And mm-hmm. I, I even said it in like a live on commentary, like, "Ooh, I would probably tap out right now before Kevin Casey put his hands on me." <laughs> <laughs> That's what separates us. <laughs> yeah, for real, man. There's no way I would go against a Kevin Casey. But um, oh, hell no, dude! I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I spilled a drink on you, bro. You want you want anything? Yeah, for real. <laughs> but uh, what I was saying? Oh, you, did you know that Helio Gracie uh, actually put out a challenge to Muhammad Ali? Muhammad Ali didn't. From what I heard in documentaries and all that, I'm not sure if it's hmm. true or not, because the Gracies can be a little bit uh, sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Because then uh, Helio Gracie was like, I'm proving that my art works, bro. <laughs> Helio Gracie was like, back then, you didn't know what to put at the end of a question mark. So there was an exclamation point, and I put it in a leg lock, and then you had the question mark. Yeah. <laughs> so you invented, you're saying you invented the question mark. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because of jujitsu. Because of jujitsu. Like drop. But yeah, back to the Israel Adesanya fight, dude. Israel yeah. Adesanya, oh, do those leg kicks. Before I before I move on, I just want to pull up this uh, Helio Gracie quote. Okay, it's like it's so beautiful. I never loved any woman because love is a weakness, and I don't have weaknesses. Did he really say that? <laughs> According to this, yes. That is so funny. Dude. Interview with Helio Gracie from Brazilian Playboy. He literally has like ten children, bro. <laughs> like the same woman. But I didn't love her. <laughs> I didn't love her. <laughs> Damn, bro. <laughs> like, that is the ultimate fucking 
Fuck you to his wife. <laughs> he must have sucked in bed, bro. <laughs> he must have been such a dry person. He must have oh had that to have. He was I, that, bro. I wonder, I, I bet he said that in jest, you know what I mean? But I just think that's crazy. Yeah, bro. I feel like he's like the Steven Crowder of jiu-jitsu. Yeah. He just acts like a certain type in front of his boys, but then when he's with his girl, he's just different, like a cuddle Simpin. bun. Simping. Just simping, simping, easy, dog. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, back to the Israel Adesanya fight. Uh, Israel Adesanya had like these nasty leg kicks, and you can tell how bad those leg kicks were on Paulo Costa's leg, bro, because he saw his knee bleeding off of leg kicks. Jeez. How do you make a knee bleed like that, man? Uh, fall on your bike. Yeah, but that's cement, and you're scratching, bro. <laughs> that's all I know, dude. <laughs> you're like. Ah, so very eventful weekend, I would say. Yeah, for sure. It's a great weekend for MMA, and next weekend I'm so excited. It's my boy Carlos fighting, bro, in the Mm. prelims against Court McGee, Mm. and then Holly Holm is the main event for that card. Let's let's talk about yeah, upcoming upcoming fights and upcoming uh, upset alert games. Yeah, for sure, because. my dad is visiting next weekend, so I'll mm. be watching this fight with my daddy. Nice. So, <clears throat> okay, on the prelims, Jordan Williams, who I actually saw on the Dana White Contender Series, because I don't know the first three fights that well. I don't know who's Casey Kenny. These, like, usually are all, like, starting out fighters. But Jordan Williams is actually diabetic, bro, and he doesn't cut weight because it will hurt his, uh, like, it will kill him. Damn. And he won the last fight by TKO against a huge middleweight who's a black belt under Shakare Sousa. Mm. So Jordan Williams is a fighter to look out for. Uh, he might have – I think he has a winning chance with this because he's another guy that doesn't really have a name yet. Uh, Nasruddin Imavov. So Jordan Williams is 9-3-0, and, and Nasruddin is 8-2. and two. Mm. So they're both pretty close on their – uh, records. Then you got Charles Jordan versus Joshua Kulawao. I think Charles Jordan is actually uh, from BTT, Brazilian top team, so he might be a jiu-jitsu guy. I have not seen his fights. Uh, yeah, like these prelims are pretty new. Like these are new guys, which I'm surprised about is that my boy Carlos is on the prelims against Court McGee, and I was looking forward to this fight the most. Like even if I wasn't Carlos's friend, I would still be looking forward to that fight. Okay. Because I've been a fan. And Court McGee is an ultimate fighter winner. He was on the season where it was Tito Ortiz versus Chuck Liddell. And he won that season. And I actually like his camp. He, uh, I think in his corner is uh, Ramsey Najim is a very wrestling-heavy camp from what I see. Um, but then Carlos, I'm not going to get into his camp because, you know, I'm his boy. And I don't want to say it publicly, but from what I see is that Carlos is, uh, I think he's going to win it. Like, if I wasn't biased, and I am biased too, I think he's going to win it. Well, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Like, I feel like he's going to stop his takedowns. He's going to keep it standing. And if he does take it to the ground, I think Carlos has more of a jiu-jitsu advantage than Court McGee. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's Yeah, bro. Um, As far as college football goes, too. Uh, we have a couple of upset alerts, man. I think if I had to pick one coming up, dude, I, I think Louisville's 
gonna beat Pittsburgh. Really? Coming up, yep. Why is that? Um, with everything going on, I don't think Pittsburgh's as solid a team. Yeah. Um, I think I mean they're a tough team, but I just don't think they're as tough as a team. I think Louisville's gonna make a make a good game. By the way, do you think with betting odds when it comes to college football, do you really do you do your research on like the laws of like the governments in each state? No. Um because like there's some that worked out during the pandemic, some that didn't. Yeah. Do you think that put a factor into the games? Hundred percent. I hundred percent. And like I said, I'm not really like it's so tough betting on college football this year. I've done all right. Um, but even like the locks, man, it was like first week I was like, right, I think K State's gonna win. You know, mm-hmm. I, think, I think they'll beat Arkansas State. Fucked it up. Damn. Yeah, and then Miami put the wood to Louisville. I think Miami's for real this year. It looks like and it. And I think part of it, too, like you're talking about the laws, Florida, they were able to uh, practice for a long time. Oh, dude, it's free flying there now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the southern states are going to have an edge again mm-hmm. this year. The southern states for sure. California's not going to win shit. Yeah, <laughs> they're not even playing. Pac-12's not even playing this year. Wow. That's what, yeah, so it's crazy this year. It's It's – um, like I said, I just think it's going to be kind of – part of me feels like there's going to be a dark horse. I mean, you have Alabama and Clemson, but who's to say if they'll last the season without a loss too? Mm-hmm. You never know. That's true. Um, they got a tough – because there's a sneaker, man. North Carolina, I feel like, is slept on because it's a basketball school. Um, but they have Mac Brown at head coach, and Mac Brown's already in the coach, College Football Hall of Fame. They're ranked 11th in the country right now. Wow. And they're playing in that ECC. And if they play Clemson, that's a rivalry game. Damn. People get up for it. Anything can happen in a rivalry game. Mm-hmm. So, oh, man, that's exciting. Are they yeah. letting uh, audience members there? Um, I think it's limited at some places. But, like, some places uh, they've had people buy season tickets. That's the only way they're doing and it's And it's distance. So, like, some teams, it looks, like, pretty sparse. But there, there are fans at the stadiums in college okay. football. And I think they've limited it in the, in the NFL. And some have had no audience, but college football, there's been audience members at some games. Nice. Yeah. Um, back to the main card, because we were talking about the prelims for that fight. Mm-hmm. On the main card, you got Dequan Townsend versus Dusko Todorovic. Todorovic actually fights at 185. And then you got Dequan Townsend, who I think he's making his uh, – Middleweight debut because he usually fights at two hundred five, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. So that's okay. going to be a really interesting fight to watch for sure. Yeah. Let me see his record. I'm just looking at his record quickly. That uh, it doesn't really show what weight class he fought in. And I do, I do want to say this. Yeah. Before while you're looking, before we end this podcast. Yeah. Before we end this podcast. Miami Heat versus Los Angeles Lakers. Who do you have and in how many games? And Did Miami already win? Yep, Miami beat the Celtics. Oh, shit. I'm going for the Lakers. The Lakers? Cool. I'm going to pick Lakers as well. Who do you think is MVP? I would be devastated if it's not Anthony Davis. You think so? I'm going to go – Part here's what I think. I'm going to go Lakers – 
I'm going to go Anthony Davis, and I'm going to say six games. I don't think it's going to go six games. I think it's going to be 4-1. 4-1? 4-1. I'm calling 4-2. 4-2. Okay. Yeah, they've been on a they've been on a streak. What do you want to bet on? I don't know. Maybe we should let our uh, listeners bet on it on a giveaway. What do you think about that? I think that's a good idea. I think we'll do we'll do that. So we already have our first giveaway, which we, the time you're listening to this episode, we will have declared a winner. But we're gonna have another giveaway, guys, and it's the same format we just did. All you gotta do is pick who's gonna win, pick the MVP, and pick the games they win. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And we're not going to reveal the prizes yet. We will reveal that on our social media platforms. And yeah, we'll be in our stories for sure. Very excited for you guys to get that. I'm excited I mean, to announce this winner, too. Yeah. Oh, you already got the winner? Um, not going to release it on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they'll know by the time it's released. For sure. For sure. It's We're recording the past for the future, guys. Just so for you know. Sure. Here's our little. <laughs> shrink dig we're uh we're scheduling our uh episodes all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. so to continue on to dequan townsend he's actually a light heavyweight fighter so i think he might be making his middleweight debut on this fight but this uh dusko yeah. todorovic is undefeated i'll be right back you keep talking telling our audience about that sounds good uh and then you got roman Kopilov versus tom breeze uh, from what I see from the stats, Roman Kopilov has the advantage. He is 8-1-0, and, and Tom Breeze is 11-2-0. and uh, Roman Kopilov is, has a 75-inch reach, and Tom Breeze has a 73.5-inch reach. So he has a probably like a 1.5 reach advantage. Uh, and But Tom Breeze is taller, but I think it doesn't matter with the reach advantage. Then you got... The infamous Jermaine Duranami, she is the former featherweight women's featherweight champion against Juliana Pena. That's an exciting fight to watch. I think Jermaine Duranami might win this by a knockout. Well, hopefully Juliana Pena actually does the upset, pulls the upset on winning that fight. But uh, Jermaine Jermaine Duranami is just a scary woman. Um, And then on the co-main event is Jorgen D. De Castro versus Carlos Felipe. Um, Jorgen De Castro is 250 pounds. Uh, Carlos Felipe is 245. Jorgen De Castro is actually has a 74 inch reach disadvantage against Carlos Felipe. They're both at the same height. But Carlos Felipe is only 25 years old. He's a young stud. He's not even close to his prime. You have Jorgen De Castro at 33 years old, who is on his prime in his prime. So. Uh, Jorgen's actually 6-1-0, and, and Carlos Felipe is 8-1-0. and zero. Mm. I think Carlos Felipe, being the younger but more experienced fighter in that fight, might win that fight with that one-inch reach advantage. And then you have the main event, Holly Holm versus Irene Eldana. Uh, Holly Holm with a record of 13-5-0, who's Albuquerque's girl, the pastor's daughter, at age 38 years old, with a .5 reach advantage. Uh, they're both fighting at 135. Holly Holm is 5'7". Irene Aldana is 5'8". Uh, I, th- I hate to bet against a Albuquerque girl, but I think Irene Aldana is going to win that fight. Uh, they're bo- both of their records are kind of similar. Um, 
Holly Holmes 13 and 5. Irene is at 12 and 5. But I feel like Irene might see the the holes in her game. I think, especially being the younger fighter. Um, I know people are like, but she's only 38 and people are and she's 32. The age matters in MMA, man. The prime is actually like 33 in mm-hmm. MMA. I'm not sure about women's MMA because women MMA is still pretty new. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Irene Aldana is going to win that fight. And yeah, that's my uh, predictions for the upcoming UFC card. All righty. Yeah, bro. Good shit, guys. Well, hey, if you feel so inclined, take that shit to the bank, guys. Yeah, make that moolah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about all we have for this episode of Unemployed Commentators, guys. We want to thank you and remind you that we do have a contest, okay? So, a reminder of that contest. You guys were picked the winner of the NBA Finals between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat. Pick the MVP and pick the games won. So, in that format, we're going to put make a post about it and share it away, guys. Make sure you share it with your friends. We will have a giveaway for that, okay? All right. I love yous. All right, guys. Thank, thank you, you guys. so much. Stay unemployed. Mwah.